doesn't matter what you do or what you say. She don't love you. No way. And maybe next time, you'll give your woman a little respect so you won't be seeing her say, no way. You're never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh. Oh. Continue podcast, episode 28 in your brain. Welcome, Ack, everybody. Uh, my you name is welcome Anthony. Welcome, Ack. It's, yeah, welcome, Ack. Yeah, welcome, Ack. Okay. Ack. Welcome, welcome Ack Bar. Welcome, Jajabrams. Um, <laughs> thank you for uh, sticking with us, everybody, and we're sorry about the little hiccup in our regularly scheduled programming. We had to take care of a few personal items uh, in all of our lives last week, but we are back now in your hearts and minds. Uh, so it's not just me. Uh, there's also Susan Arndt. I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine? The Patreon police are going to hunt you down. No, Is... oh, come on. You guys don't know that reference? Mm-mm. Wait. Oh my god. What is oh, this? Are we the worst? Oh, Jesus. And now you gotta explain it. Now I gotta well, got Google it so I get his name right. <sighs> so basically, it was a, uh, uh, a professional football player at a press conference. And oh. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And they were asking him all sorts of, well, how do you feel about I'm just here so I don't get fun. Yeah, it was Marshawn Lynch, right? That is, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's Marshawn it. Lynch. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He Marshawn did not like to do those. Yeah, he's not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, I respect that so much, though. I respect that. Look, I'm just going to be straight with you about my attitude and my presence. You guys are, are Brooklyn Nine Nine fans, right? Brooklyn no, I, fans, I, no? I don't. I don't watch television. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine's great. It's a great show. I highly mm. recommend it. But the mm. best episode is where Marshawn Lynch appears, and he's a witness of a crime, and the cops bring him in, and he's just like, "Yeah, I was eating my quesadilla, and saw the whole thing." And then it's just like two hours later, and he's like, I like chicken quesadillas. I like avocado quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Marshawn Lynch, you're a freaking sport for doing this, man. Um, the guy who doesn't watch television here is Staff Roberts Dave Roberts. I, that's Dave, not true. I, I watch The Office. It's basically <sighs> on repeat. God. I'm... Could you actually be. I, I swear to God, you're a pretension singularity. It's complicated. Oh, I don't no, even no, watch no. television. He didn't he didn't say he didn't say I only watch the British office. Yeah. That's the singularity. <laughs> That's I mean, I'm snooty about the episodes I like. Also, uh, the more I watch that show or rewatch that show, I guess, uh, the less I like Jim and Pam. I find oh, their, really? I find their whole shtick to it's less cute and just more like you, you guys aren't <laughs> as cool as you think you are. Um uh, no. <laughs> I, I can't I don't I can't watch that show because I don't like cringe. I don't like exactly the cringe. Yeah. exactly yeah. I, it's too much for me. I'm not I'm not an yeah. enormous fan. Uh, I need I need to share with you just so quickly. There's a show on Netflix mm. that I need you to watch mm. because it is a spectacle. It's called 100% Hotter, and it is the most obnoxious show. The hosts are terrible. The, the shtick of it is people nominate their friends who dress horribly. And I don't mean like normal, horrible dressing. This is like people who go out in full like vampire makeup. Oh, rad, Kind okay. of, yeah, like, yeah. So uh, apparently, and I did not know this was a thing. Okay, so the, this is a, a UK show. There's a real problem with fake tan in, oh, in the really? UK. That's a, that's a British thing? Is that's fake a British thing. Yeah, awesome. like it's it's they they're they are tangerine colored. No. A lot of the folks they were this one woman had so much fake tan on it was coming off on her clothes. All right, I'm looking at pictures of these people now. Yeah, and this doesn't look serious. This looks you'd think. Yeah, this looks but... like so it's it's it looks like like somebody cosplaying as Jerry Hallowell. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes, somebody, yes. somebody cosplaying yes. as Jerry Hallowell. Yes. The yes. uh, man bund assistant from BoJack Horseman. It, they, yeah, the, the, the three, Zoe the Deschanel. three, yeah, they're horrible. They're horrible human beings. They're <laughs> terrible hosts. 
they're they're all just awful. But uh, but but culturally speaking, I just I just want you all to go enjoy that. I all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> just like, just like, just, just Susan, like. This one is like when I tell you to play a 25 year old RPG, and you're like, I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> no, this is like when you tell me to play some of your anime bullshit. Like, okay, it's 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 pretty sexist, but I think once you get past the first 40 hours, <laughs> I've never you really begin. I, I've never said that. I've once never, you get I, used to the Metroidvania structure. <laughs> oh, oh god. <laughs> Uh, so our, our, our first subject today, everybody, is we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about gas and, and actually we're going to talk about the anti-gas. We're going to talk about games that are persistent, but they are not jamming games as a service nonsense down your throat. Uh, Susan, you've been playing, uh, Dying Light and you've been thinking a lot about games that are really, really, really well supported by their developers long after the fact. Yeah, so uh, I have a great deal of time on my hands at the moment, <laughs> and um, I, I played the heck out of Dying Light when it first came out, and I f- played it for like 40 hours, and I just, I burned out on it because it's, I did not realize it's as big a game as it is. Mm-hmm. It is huge. And when I thought I was getting to the end of the game, I was only getting to the end of the first area. So I tapped. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. Um, And I had it uh, digitally. I had downloaded it. And I am in a perpetual battle with my PS4's hard drive. So when there was, uh, there was, there was Dying Light, the following enhanced edition, yeah, I know, right? Was that's, on... that's a piping hot game of the year packaging nonsense. <laughs> right? If I've ever it's heard like it. Colon, semicolon, brackets. Um, it was on sale. I think I got it for like 20, 25 bucks, something like that. I'm like, great, you know, it's on a disc. When I get to it, I get to it, and it's not eating up my hard drive space. Cool. Well, now I have time. And uh, I, I loved Dying Light when I played it before. So I was very interested in getting back into it. I started it over completely because I didn't I didn't remember any of the mechanics. I didn't remember the story. I, I had vague... I actually remember more of uh, Dead Island than I do of Dying Light, which is strange. Hmm. But in, in going through it from the beginning, it's... I was really impressed and surprised by the, the things they have done to that game to make it still interesting and viable whether you're just picking it up now whether you've already beaten the game there's challenges there's new difficulties there's co-op there's invasions like people can invade your game hmm like you like can... dark Souls style like like yes yeah cool yes but it what's cool is they can also just come join you huh so maybe they're a dick maybe they're nice whatever but what's cool is it that's optional that's up to you you turn it on you turn it off Whatever. Susan, forgive yeah. me. I, I need you to just really quickly give me a, a basic clarification about Dying Light. And I, I'm embarrassed about this because I like to think that I'm good at keeping similar things separated, mm-hmm. which is a thing you have to do in video games. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our The Divisions to bear. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just it's thinking not, that. This isn't Deadlight. What? Right. So this it's not is... Dead Light. It's not Deadlight. I know it's not Dead Island. Dying Light is the first person open world zombie game that has. It's like parkoury. Correct. Okay. Correct. Right. Yes. And so now, I my understanding was that when it originally came out a few years ago, that it was kind of janky. Is it, that it correct? Was, yes. It definitely had. Uh, some technical issues, as you might expect for a game that that's that is that big. I have a video file from my original playthrough of I'm fighting these uh, these enemies, not zombies, human enemies, and they're not there. <laughs> like they're physically there, and they're hitting me, and I'm hitting them. But yeah. it's I'm I'm killing ghosts basically <laughs> because their their uh, images are not actually there. So yeah, so it it was definitely uh, buggy. It had some issues. Those have been remedied. Uh, they've they've added in like there's a mural to honor George Romero. Awesome. In it, like these are the things that the Techland has done uh, many years after this this game was released. And the game, if they had not done a damn thing to it, the game would still be phenomenal. Hmm. But I'm really it, it's really impressing me, and it 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 very much is that kind of The Witcher 
sort of thing. You know, CD Projekt Red continued to give, like, yeah, there's paid DLC for The Witcher 3, absolutely, but they put a lot of free stuff out there, too, to just make the game more interesting. There's, you know, hairstyles and beard styles. They fixed the the inventory system oh, to make God, it Oh, God, when they fixed better. the inventory system, yeah. it made life so much better. It, it just made really everything did. better. It really did. And this is this is very much along those lines. Like, right. they're kind of like, hmm, what would make playing this game, like, what would take some of the friction points away? And uh, and they did that. And, and now, with the release of No Man's Sky next... Mm. It's really like this is this is what makes me want to throw money at developers. Yeah. Like, okay, I give you money, I do the initial buy-in, and this game that you have given me that is supposed to be its own ecosystem and 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 just sort of I can dip back into it and do whatever I want, whenever I want, for however long I want, you're gonna keep tending that garden. Yeah. You know, you're going to make it as good an experience two years after the fact as it was the day it came out better, even. Yeah. Especially, I mean, in the case of No Man's Sky, I mean, you... I am on record. Right. You. This show This show is a living document of your love affair with No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I have been there since day one. Yeah. I am the, I am the No Man's Sky hipster. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now, I mean, Hello Games has done an incredible job of adding not just uh, uh, stuff to do, you know, there's their story and there's base building and all that, but also, you know, UI enhancements and graphical enhancements and stuff to make the entire experience better. Mm. And I respect that more. I, that's that feels mean to no, say that. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think it's mean because I feel like we're coming to the we're at the end of a decade of you know business and artistic experimentation in games mm-hmm. where you know many developers have said well the old model of we're going to put a thing that's done out in a store and it's finished and maybe we'll you know if it's a PC game we'll make a- another thing that's slightly smaller and cheaper <laughs> that expands <laughs> off of that Bridget Bridget knows what I'm talking about. She gets it. That's Chloe. Danny <laughs> Chloe knows what I'm talking about. Chloe she, knows what's up. She knows she knows about the failed thing that was Sin episodes. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> Broken Susan twice <laughs> That's that's deep cut, Deep son. cut, deep cut. But like, you know, I, I think it's more respectable because in in that period of experimentation that we've seen developers and publishers try to say, how do we keep people from you know either pirating this because they don't see any mm-hmm. value in having a legal copy or how do we keep them in the long long ago uh from selling it again mm-hmm. you know we, we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of really gross predatory behavior and yeah. whether that was project ten dollars yeah oh my god right right oh i just threw up in my mouth yeah, a little bit like, yeah you, you all want to play online you pay either buy new or pay up right pay like you know the the online pass gross season passes i think of like what warner brothers has done with the batman arkham games where you know they ask you to drop 40 dollars up front for a bunch of dlc story episodes that are maybe 13 minutes long and play like crap yeah you know while while they leave other broken games behind because they have to make good on the season pass content Oh, yeah. and so you yeah. see, you see, uh, uh, and somebody making role-playing games like Electronic Arts. You see something like Mass Effect Andromeda that does have these season pass pretensions at the beginning of its, uh, you know, release, even though it, it's crap. Uh, and you compare that to something like The Witcher, and you can, yeah. you can say yeah. one of one of these feels very. It feels both artistically rich. And it feels uh, not predatory. It, it feels well, okay. One thing I do need to point out, to be fair, because this is not an apples to apples comparison. It's not. CD Projekt Red is located in Poland, mm-hmm. where their operating costs are a fraction of a fraction of what EA has. Uh, and they're out in San Francisco, monumentally so. well funded by the by the government. Yeah, like yep. they, they get wonderful, wonderful arts grants. From the like the, the Witcher might as well be the national video game of that country at right. this point. 
Kind of yeah. like how EVE Online is like the game yeah, of Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's not, it's not, the, the Witcher is certainly an exceptional example of what you're describing, Susan, but Dying Light isn't a, a uh, Eastern European studio. Yes, and they are. Techland. Yeah, they are. Techland. Oh, it's tech. See, this is, this is the goddamn problem. With all the dying dead, well, well, here's another example. Because I thought I thought it was Jaeger, uh, which is my mistake. No, here, here's another example though. Like Enter the Gungeon, just mm-hmm. released a really like a really meaty update that yeah. not only adds a bunch of content but actually makes the game. I don't want to say easier to play, but it's snappier. You move faster. Yeah, more accessible? More accessible. Yeah, just like health and money drops. Like, they're, they're, uh, those drops are more frequent. You're more likely to get better guns. Uh, and if you're moving through rooms that have already been cleared, you move like two or three times as fast. Nice. So they've done a lot to make the game more accessible, easier to complete runs, uh, if you're, uh, like, less reliant on the random nature of how the game doles out weapons, and more like, if you're good, you could probably get through the game with what we give you, and that's just, yeah, it, huge update, here it is for free, the game is actually, and you know what, the game's half off right now to celebrate the release of this patch, and you know what, it's, oh, wow. it's, like the number one, one of the top games on the eShop right now because of it. Uh, so I think the other thing that a lot of this like idea of making these games as a service is that you extend the conversation beyond that yeah. initial like three month drop. So like Enter the Gungeon, that game came out ten years ago. That would have been a game that came out and then disappeared. Yeah. But now yeah. two years later, people are still talking about Enter the Gungeon. It's still well, getting. This is the thing that's also, you have, the more systems a game has, or the more particular its gameplay is, the longer you need with it out in the wild Mm. to know what works and what doesn't. Mm. You know, to know which rough edges really need to be sanded off in in order for it to be the best experience it can be. Like stuff like you're talking about, like in Enter the Gungeon, you know, changing how those drops happen so it's just that little bit more refined a little bit more accessible that's i feel like not enough games and developers are given that chance to let something out there and let it exist for a while and for them to sit back and observe and hear the audience and go oh okay this is something we can do to make this experience better now it's like whoa you got to get it out there whoa Poof, cool. It's been out there for six weeks. We're done. We're moving on to the next thing. And it's, they're not, there's just such a churn yeah. of product. Yeah. We're going to exploit these franchises <laughs> that they, they, even when they know stuff is wrong. And it, like, I, I get that. Like you, you always release a game with something that you wish you could have paid more attention to. Yeah. That is, you know, there, there are deadlines. There are, uh, you know, financial reports you got to hit. I get that. But they're they're also being forced to turn their backs on them in a lot of cases. Like, sorry, we need you to do the next thing instead yeah. of making this thing but it, it, any good. It really does feel like there is a sea change starting. Like Ubisoft is one of the big ones, but like that these a lot of these bigger co- publishers are realizing they can't just release a game and be done with it. Well, Square Enix. Yeah. Square Enix is. I, yeah. I I respect Square Enix so much. Their their new CEO, who God forgive me, I can never remember his name. He's re- replaced Yuichi Wada, but you know he. Uh, a lot of hullabaloo was made of him doing an interview last year where he said, you know, games as a service is going to be a huge priority for us, and the nerds of the land were like, oh, death of single player games, and he quickly responded publicly in an interview with gamesindustry.biz by saying when I say games as a service I don't mean making something that is just a bald Overwatch competitor or a Fortnite I mean look at what we've done with Final Fantasy XV this was Mm -hmm. a, a monumental creative and economic investment for us and we want to make sure that we find a way to keep this prevalent in people's minds so that they don't say, I finished the story, the end. And, yep. if that, and we'll, 
we still want this to be a single player game. We still want it to be story based and we're going to find a way to keep that focus, but also support it with extra stuff. And like, that is a different scenario than what we've seen with, you know, the, the examples of dying light and CD project red, because the vast majority of what final fantasy 15 has been supported with is paid content. But at the mm-hmm. exact same time, it's been a tide of really meaningful updates. Yeah, it's not bullshit paid it's not content. Bullshit. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like, here's the optional battle mode or, right. you know, whatever. It's it's something that will be meaningful to the player mm-hmm. and to the story. Here's $10 yeah. to see the ending of the game. Like, <laughs> oh, was it 13 oh. that did that? Yeah. yeah. That Jeez. was bad. That was uh, super bad. I, I think it's important to note too, because you know we we're we're seeing this philosophy start to get reflected at, at the at the biggest you know sort of uh, part of the food chain in games that you know like we think about Dying Light. Dying Light's a big AAA game, and you know it's barring this model that we've seen in indies like Enter the Gungeon, etc. Over the years, and it I I think it's important to highlight CD Projekt Red because they really are sort of the the mitochondrial eve for doing this at a big scale right wow wow oh, deep cut deep, deep. Cut. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> deep cut <laughs> but you know they they've been doing this from the beginning of their founding as a studio and the beginning of the witcher franchise because yeah. it's not just witcher 3 they did this with the original witcher where yep. they yes. kept improving yes. that game that game lo- yes. well, that game launched it sucked it was it sucked. bad <laughs> sucked and so did too Two was a broken piece of garbage at the beginning, yeah. and they just fixed it and fixed it and fixed it, and they they slowly but surely weeded out some of the grossest, most misogynistic shit I've ever seen in a game <laughs> in my life. Uh, yeah, I I, I I always find it funny that, like, Gwent, we love Gwent here and continue. Indeed we do. Gwent, Gwent, Gwent. Well, at Gwent. least I do. Yes, but, like... I'm waiting for that single-player content. <laughs> That's fair. But if like you know their original trading card game oh, was boy. was who you banged and yeah. that's gross yeah. and yeah. they've they've just like refinement given the space to breathe they made it better and just winnowed it down. Um, is there uh, like Susan? Is there anything that you've been playing in addition to Dying Light that you look at and you think to yourself, I I want to see this get the same kind of support? Oh gosh. Um... Hmm. I feel like there is, but I don't know what it might be. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, like you love the long dark, but they're doing the same thing. They you know? are. They're yeah, doing the exactly. Same the long thing. dark, which, by the way, that hat that just recently had a major update that uh, changed a lot of the game systems in interesting ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, <laughs> does it make wolves hate you more? Well, the wolves hate you more. Uh, they conspire with the bit. No, it's uh, it changes the cooking. So now, because uh, the the way obviously it's a survival game, you have to stay hydrated, you have to eat, you have to cook the food before you eat it. Um, and in the old game, you could only do one thing at a time. Huh. Which which doesn't make sense. Like if yeah. you're melting snow, you could be cooking bison at the same time. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. And now you can do that, but. Uh, your if you don't pay attention to the snow that you're boiling to uh, purify it, it'll boil away. It'll evaporate. You oh, can that's awesome. you can burn your food if you're not paying attention to it. If you spend too long like fixing your boots, well, tough shit. You just ruined dinner. Man, I love it. I love it. I love that, hinterland. I love you. That's such a that's such an interesting choice of refinement. Uh, Long Dark is actually a nice uh, game to sort of bring us to our next subject today. Dave uh, messaged both Susan and I a couple of days ago uh, when the rumors emerged about the shape of the next Xbox. Uh, Long Dark was actually a pretty significant game for Xbox One. It was the very first of the early access games that Microsoft started to uh, experiment with a couple of years ago, releasing these unfinished games at a lower cost, Steam style. And uh, according to these rumors that came out a couple of days ago, the shape of the Xbox as a console and as a device is going to continue to follow a sort of novel, almost PC-like mold 
whenever the Xbox One X successor comes out. Dave, uh, describe describe what this thing is okay. for folks. So there is, uh, I think you sent me the link to NeoGAF. That's what I'm reading on now, but it's from... A, or not NeoGAF. I never go. I don't go online anymore. So it reset, reset era, reset yes, era. How reset do you pronounce it? Oh, whatever. Uh, but uh, it was a reporter named Brad Sams who was reporting for Therot.com. Uh, he's like a Microsoft insider. Uh, anyway, so he has he's reported that the the two boxes that they're working on one is going to be a very standard video game box it's like you know no idea what the specs the price or anything that's going to be but it will be like the 500 dollars thing that you buy take home and you put a disc in and you play games on it like like a normal human being but then the other box is a streaming box called uh one person called it scarlet cloud um and it looks like they like Microsoft showed a demo streaming a game. Remember this? Like they were streaming Halo Two, I think, back mm-hmm. in 2013. And now they 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 basically they found a path to bring this technology to market. So the idea behind this, the 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 writer speculates, it's going to cost between ninety to one hundred and twenty five hundred thirty dollars. And what it's going to do is it will process video in like the the video latency. Uh, vid- the video streaming uh, like a like a YouTube would. It'll, it's, it'll process your controller inputs, but it'll also process uh, collision detection. So like physics and like items colliding, stuff that you would need a lot of processing power and 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 uh, very specific timing for. That box is going to handle it, and it's going to push the rest of it to the cloud. So to make this make and- this more simple is when people have tried to make the Netflix equivalent for video games in the past. Yeah. We've seen this a few times. Like, on live. That was it. On yeah. live. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell was that thing think called? About, think about that yeah. awful orange font oh, God. all day on live with its, with its little triangle box. Um... I don't understand who at OnLive thought that the the mechanical like you know engineering design of their console should look like those things that they give you at fucking Applebee's to know that your table is ready. <laughs> I just like don't. I just want to. I just want to answer some trivia questions, dude. <laughs> uh, but, but like you know, where OnLive and Gaikai, which later started to become yep. PlayStation Now, where those have failed, is you push forward on your controller on your thumbstick and then. You know, you sit there and nothing happens, and then Batman moves forward. Yeah, you press you go, A. You make a sandwich. You come back. Right, right. right. And so you read a couple chapters of your econ handbook. What? <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and you're trying to parse out what you need to do to renew your license. Uh, <laughs> and, and now this new Xbox will not have any guts in it except for a hard drive to process that information for the game and all of the art assets and all of the video assets are going to just stream. And so now here is here is the solution yeah. to getting getting rid of the need to not just have discs, not just buy games, but to have this box that is that is free of memory. So, so very okay, cheap. so so what's the dealio? Do you like pay a monthly fee and you get access to the whatever, or is I it a per would game imagine. thing? Well, they're all, they're already doing that. Yeah, that's, that's Microsoft's thing these days. There's the Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, which is basically yeah. you get you get access to all the goodies, and as soon as they come out, so it's like Sea of Thieves comes out as a disc day one. If you're yeah. a subscriber with Game Pass. It's already there, so they've got they've got the infrastructure for getting games in people's and hands. And how much already. is that? That's uh, uh, it's uh, it's sixty dollars so, for six months. I think is how they sell it. And a hundred right a now. year or something. No, one hundred twenty a year. Like there's no discount on a year. There's no discount. But it's it's basically ten dollars a month. <laughs> um, and yeah, all of the Microsoft titles going forward are going to launch day and date with that. But I also imagine that like. You could just go to the Microsoft Store, spend money, and then mm-hmm. stream the game as if you would download it to your Xbox One, like you okay. don't own it. Uh, Wait a minute, I'm, I'm, hold on. Is this 
Microsoft published stuff only or anything that plays on Xbox? It, it so is game? the next Xbox. Yeah, it's the next Xbox. And okay, and the so... Game Pass is not Game Pass is not uh, Microsoft only. Uh, it has support from other publishers like Ubisoft. Like it, it's not unlike place like you know PlayStation Plus will be like here's a selection of things. Yeah, uh, Game Pass is updated with you know here's the stuff here's all of our first party stuff, but then also right, right. here is a selection of the third Elder party Scrolls stuff. Online if you want to play that. Here's yeah. Devil right, May Cry right. Four. Uh, here's Dead. Uh, so so yeah, it like here's the thing. And I've said oh this before. <laughs> Whoever could figure out how to make this work is going to win. Because mm, yep. because the thing is, it's like, you tell someone that they only have to spend 100 bucks for a box. They don't have to upgrade anything. They just play the games, and it works, and it's fine. Like, that's it. That's the game. Like, that's where the future of gaming goes. Yep. But the internet in America... Yeah. Uh, it's and not it's, great. I, I, and it's not there. It's not just here. Australia, like, not, like Australia, is somehow worse. Like yeah. so, the trick has always been figuring out how to work within the limitations of the shitty reality of yeah. high speed internet to make that work with streaming. Because you know, streaming movies, you just sit down and watch a movie. Sometimes it buffers. You're like fucking whatever. But if, yeah. if a game buffers, like you're you're fucked. But if this is it, if they figure this out, I think, like, I mean, I would get it. I don't want to spend $500 for a console again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it, yeah. If, it, if it means that, like, whatever, if I buy this box, and I'm sure there will be updated models that uh, make the, that improve the latency or improve the speed sure. or, or whatever, but if, if they can make improvements server-side that improve the fidelity of those games, and I don't have to touch a thing... Yeah, like yeah. that's again. That's it. Like the, and, and, they and talk then, about the death of consoles. That's it right there. It's not that the console dies. It's that you but, just. But here's here's my problem. Here's my skepticism. Well, I mean, the internet thing is not a tiny problem. No, right. Like the like the internet in the middle of New York City. New York City can't handle it. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Okay. They can get away with charging $10 a month now because they're still selling games. Mm-hmm. They're still putting out the $60 pop. Once you stop putting out the $60 pop, yeah. you can't only charge $10 a month. And well, I, you can't. I, 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 I don't, that's, when, that's when you get into the tiered... Well, that's, I don't, like, you end up doing tiers. Like I think about like what Hulu's done. And like mm-hmm. yeah, it took Hulu years to sort of find their footing and get successful but now hulu has a model that would i think you know it wouldn't be one-to-one but microsoft could do a thing where it says like okay maybe you're paying ten dollars a month but you only have access to this many games that okay there and, you like you only have access yeah. to this many games and it's ad supported yeah so, okay like, all right that's something that you're, yes. you're dropping okay. ten dollars but if you want to drop Twenty-five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You get access to the full library. You get ad-free, and you go from there. And uh, you know, I, I also I think... don't. I also don't think that Game Pass necessarily means that you're not gonna s- still be able to buy games a la carte at full price from the Xbox Store. You just. Sure. It would be like Steam. You don't own a physical copy of the game. You own a license to the game. Except instead of downloading it to a hard drive, it streams. Yeah. You just you're paying for but access to the about, game. But we're talking about two different boxes though. Then you have the normal game playing Xbox mm-hmm. plus the streaming box. Well, I well, what I'm saying is though is that the streaming box will be able to like you'll be able to buy games from the store on the streaming box or the regular box. It's just the regular box has oh, all the guts inside oh, of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I <clears throat> see what you're saying. And, and like, okay. you know, the regular box will be the thing that if you want you can go play things offline. Like, you don't have to be on the internet. Right, And right, it'll all be there. Right, but then the right. streaming box is the magical anti-piracy mm-hmm. box that yes. everybody Your purchases are permanent. About. You can't return or trade anything in. Yep. That yep. Xbox One thing, that future, they, they were always going to work toward it. Oh, yeah. They just, I think this is the way they do it and not screw and up I the mean, messaging. 
mad props because here's the thing like the pre-owned thing I get it I I get that they want that money mm-hmm. but you know it's it's our right if I own a thing I have the right to do with that thing like I can sell it I can sell it to you I can sell it to the store I can sell it to you know whatever so it, as a way to solve that problem hmm. this is the least offensive yeah, yeah. and and, and, I, and like I personally find the idea of I'm the guy who still likes the physical thing. Like yeah. I, I on this podcast, I'm the dude who's still saying like I want switch cartridges and and blah blah blah. That said, having like the console that does the big beautiful thing, but it also is still a console where I don't have to turn it on and spend half an hour futzing with it to make it work, and I can hear you, PC yeah. guys sitting out there listening. It took me 90 goddamn minutes to get a co-op game of Far Cry 5 going the other day on my PC because I had to wait for things to update and then this crashed and blah, 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 blah. Like, not having to deal with that and not having to do, you know, the the hard drive shuffle that you were talking about, Susan, with PlayStation 4, none of that's on the machine. I don't care about the physical object. That sounds... And it's $100. And it's $100. And it's $100, yeah. In. In. Yeah. And this is also the way that, like, the way that I see it going forward from now, too, is that, again, like, Anthony, you've been beating this drum for a while. This is the path toward Microsoft saying, who gives a shit where you play our games? Yeah. As long as you're paying us money to play our games. Play it on PC? Because I I think what we're going to see with Scarlet, we're going to see this convergence where, like, games on Scarlet will work on PC... Mm-hmm. We'll work on your phone. We'll work on wherever. And wherever you play, as long as you have a Microsoft account, you're in. Yeah. And you can and stream you can stream the games that you own. And I I've even you know, like like net there is no Netflix streaming box. Netflix doesn't make the fire stick. Right. Netflix right. doesn't make, you know, the Apple TV. Or they the just, Roku or yeah. They provide the service. And Microsoft has been dipping their toe into making this their play for keeping in the video game you know world and not having to deal with the nightmare overhead of having to base everything on hardware success you know like the fact that you can go onto your switch right now and play a game with master chief in it is that is your evidence that this is where this Wait, is Wait, what happening. game can you play on the switch Minecraft Minecraft Oh, and, and it, no, no, Master Chief is there, I and <laughs> and you're getting and you're getting Xbox Live achievements when you play that game on Nintendo. Xbox Live achievements. It's it's your biggest your biggest IP and your brand all over. Well, I agree that Minecraft is their biggest IP. Oh! What? Tell me I'm wrong! No, you're no, absolutely you're right. right. Yeah. No, every, Susan, come on. Everybody knows that Gears of War is the most vibrant, desirable I'm IP. I'm looking forward to that oh. Funko Pop Every... game that they're making. Look! Look! <laughs> I think it looks cute. I think it looks... It'll be like, fine. I like. Is it just me, or whenever they make something for Gears now, it looks like Marcus Phoenix himself looks as tired as the audience does of seeing him? Like, Marcus Phoenix looks like he needs a nap so badly. Marcus Phoenix needs a nap. Yeah, it just yeah. let him... Just leave him alone. Let, just him, like, you know, let, let him grow his damn tomatoes. Let him grow... Yeah, have his, a nice cup of chamomile. I just... Like... I've never been more excited about Microsoft from a hardware standpoint because I like not knowing where... Like, I, I like not knowing, not being able to predict where the future is going to go. And yeah. I think, like, Microsoft is sort of the biggest X factor in that regard. I just wish they had games I cared about. They put Yakuza... If, if they put Yakuza at that thing, like, maybe... Oh, my God, you and the Yakuza. I mean, I mean, they already got Kingdom Hearts. I'm trying to remember. I remember mm. really enjoying Microsoft's E3 presentation. Now it's just gone. It's just Wait, gone, guys. No, it was it was good though. It was great. It was, it was, it was oh so god, good. nothing. It's terrible. Uh, there's the the game with the fox, the little indie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tunic. Yeah. Well, that game looks good. 
That game looks tight. There was Sea of Solitude. Sea yeah. of Solitude looks tight. That's that not, was EA. That Xbox. was not no, that was Xbox. <laughs> what the heck? They showed the oh Cyberpunk game. They showed Devil May Cry. These are not Xbox oh, games. Oh, and that looked good. That looked really yeah, good. Devil May Cry looked good. And yeah. uh, Cyberpunk Division 2. <laughs> Wait, do you mean do you mean Wildlands or Wildlands. Ghost Rec- Recon? That's the one I was constantly getting it confused with. It was the Division and Wildlands. <laughs> oh, 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 Clancy. Oh, yeah, Tom I, Clancy. I, I will say, you know, I feel like a year ago on a uh, when we were just starting this show, and yes, everybody, we've been doing this for you for a year just about wow uh i feel like all of us whenever the word xbox came up we would just start like either guffawing or sadly laughing on its behalf and it's it's definitely interesting it's a i i think i'm with you dave i i feel like this is this is the now the future. here's the here's the real question though will i be able to play panzer dragon order on it oh no panzer dragon that. no sale no sale forever that's for fair. all of time. Uh, but seriously, though, old Xbox yeah. 360, Xbox yeah. One, Scarlet, moving d- forward. Dude, honestly, streaming access to the 360 library alone, alone, yeah, is worth a hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, come on. Having having 4K Morrowind that you just press a button and it's working. And like, I don't, and if I don't have to yeah. buy it again, like if my account keeps all that stuff on there too. Yeah. Mm. And they're gonna do that. Like they're they they've made they've made it very clear that they're not pulling a Sony or a Nintendo where they're like, now you're gonna have to buy it again because we want to force you to buy it again. Uh, yeah. Because we can. Because and we you can will. and you will. Here's the thing. Because I like, will buy okay. Earthbound for the fourth time. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yeah, like you guys are like, oh, Nintendo's gonna make us buy it again. Nintendo just puts it there. Y'all don't have to buy it, it's but you do. Yeah, you do, and they let you. They don't make you. They let you. Susan, you know. So shut up. You're your own problem. You know. You're indicting yourself though, because you remember when they finally put the Super Nintendo games on 3DS? You were like, "Where can I play Super Mario World? Where can I play Super Mario World? I have to buy another 3DS." I'm thinking about it. Okay, but, well, no, that's true. Because here's the thing. I still have my original Super Mario World, course, and I still and have my works. Super Nintendo. I don't have a TV that I can hook it up to, that it won't look like complete shit. Right. And, Anthony's got a box uh, for you. I have it. I have the, the, the GBA cartridge, and I guess I could go dig out my DS Fat and play it on that. Oh, God, that version's so bad, though. This is what I'm saying. So, so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel I, completely you know, justified. It's totally justified. I, and as soon as Super Mario World's available for the Switch, oh my god, I will buy the fuck just, out of I'll it. I'll do it. Oh yes. Duh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how this Microsoft thing evolves too, since Nintendo is going to be dipping its toe into saying like, oh well, we're gonna do a subscription service for our retro games, and we're gonna update them, and it'll be cool to see. You know, I I would love to see. The support that Microsoft has already been doing on Xbox One, uh, where they've been, you know, doing these like really classy 4K updates to Panzer Dragoon and Red Dead Redemption and all that jazz. If they started adding in online co-op for games that didn't have it from the original Xbox, you know, just because there was a competitor doing the same thing, I think that'd be awesome, 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 awesome. Brute Force, Brute Force, Don't Brute Force online. Brute Force co-op. was solid, man. <laughs> 2021 brute force online let's do it let's let's open a let's my open wife a wants guild. My, i call the lizard my wife yeah, wants. everybody calls the lizard <laughs> Damn it. nobody wants to be anybody else everybody just wants to be the lizard this giant glowing eyes my wife wants dead or life beach volleyball uh don't that, we all that game is good yeah the fir- first not... one's the first one's good okay. the second one not so much yeah. no and the third one the less said about the third one the better Moving uh, on. Well, and that's I, I think I think that I think that little hierarchy that we just did is is a perfect perfect way to set this up, where we look at a series, and all three of us who have at various times in our life worked in various capacities as video game critics, we look at Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball One. We're like, good. Dead or Alive Extreme Two, bad. 
Dead or Alive Extreme 3, not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and I feel, I feel like that is... You know, that good, bad, not going to talk about it is what most people think a critic does. True. And uh, I, I recently was reconsidering what a critic does. Um, I, 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 I have in the past year, for the first time in a long time, been going to therapy. And have for the first time in my life, uh, very recently started going to group therapy. Oh, interesting. And at group therapy, uh, one of the themes is uh, when you when you introduce yourself to the group, that day's session is focused on vocation, and you know not just what you think you're doing for job or career, but it's it's you know your life's ambitions. And uh, my session came up a couple of weeks ago, and in the process. Uh, I was asked point blank by a room full of strangers why I chose to A, be a writer, and B, to devote so much of my life as a writer as a video game critic. That's an excellent question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, and it's a, it's a complicated one. And yeah. I, I definitely had like one of those moments like, it's just so nice to be asked. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I found myself very seriously reconsidering what the role of a critic is. What it is it that you think you're doing? And I know that a lot of people on the outside do think it, that all you're doing is saying good, bad, or whatever. And to me personally, what I said to the group is what I've always believed. And I, I, for, for me, this is sort of a bedrock, is I consider criticism to be an act of guidance you are being a guide and my job is not to tell you if something is good bad or is not worth discussion my job is to be the guide walking into the cave holding the lantern aloft ahead of you i want to shine a light and say here's what's in the dark and to present a, a perspective about the thing that's being examined uh, that is not necessarily what you might have thought of first. Not just, is this good? But also, here's what it says uh, about the people that made it. Or here's what it says about the type of thing that it is. You know, writing uh, about Super Mario World is more than just saying, like, boy, the levels are tightly designed and it feels real nice when you jump. It's also saying, like, here is how all of this work is is a greater expression of a moment in time and a technology that is very specific and all of these various different things. And uh, another really good thing about therapy has been a meditation on the fact that my perspectives may be shared with some people in the world, but they are not universal. The things that I think are not objective you know this is just what i think being a critic is and i i realized that you know you the three of us collectively for years now have been talking to each other uh about critical perspectives on the games that we're playing but i wanted to ask you guys what you think a critic's role is uh susan i have a question sure I consider a review and a critique to be two different things. I agree. I, I generally agree. Okay. So so if you're asking me what a critic does within the realm of a review, be mm -hmm. it book, movie, whatever, that is to share the experience of that, that event, mm -hmm. that whatever it is, so that the reader of the review can judge based on their own criteria whether or not they want to partake of that, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's not for me to say that Metroid is boring and frustrating. It's for me to say you go back and forth a lot. You retrace your steps a lot. <laughs> secret Susan Daggett Metroid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's oh, not so secret, yeah. dude. Secret Metroid digs. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. Uh, but right, like if, if that doesn't bug you, 
then cool. Then I will tell you all the other, like, you know, it's bright and colorful and the combat is really fun and it's a, it's, it's thrilling sure. and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Okay. A critique ignores that. It ignores whether or not it's air quote fun. Right. And talks about, is this piece of art successful in what it is trying to do? Oh, interesting. And what is it that it is trying to do? And is, is what it's trying to do, does that have value uh, amongst other pieces of art similar to it? That's that's the difference I see. You know what's interesting like, to me about that is, you know, it, it seems like a critique has more of a judgment value than the review does for you. Like the, yeah, the it review, does actually, and, yeah. And, and that's, I, I feel like most people would see it, you know, an inversion there. You know, Probably. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, for me, reviews are very much an active process for the reader. Yeah. Like, I'm not here to speak gospel truth to you. Right. You need to come to something I write knowing my taste, knowing your taste. Ugh. But as, you know, like, I, I have a copy of Edith Finch sitting on my desk. Uh, I would never tell you Edith Finch is fun. Right. <laughs> right. Parts of it but, are. Parts of her, parts of her, yes, yeah. Well, but it's it's but uh, as a piece of art, it it absolutely succeeds in what it's trying to do, and sure. and the conversation that it wants to have with you is something that's so incredibly important and so movingful, so it's movingful, <laughs> moving and meaningful. It's movingful, but like as a game, it's two hours long. You walk around and you read things. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, like, something that's so interesting about that to me is yeah, I, a dialogue that we've had before is I'll say something is great but I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. And your response to me is like how can it be great if you hate it? And I feel like no, that's the last No, 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 no. I don't say that because no? you can you can identify, like Grand Theft Auto is... A remarkable piece of craftsmanship. It's a remarkable piece of craftsmanship and storytelling. Keep it the fuck away from me. Yeah, it's bankrupt and you guys should be doing better things with your time. Love you, Simon. Love you, Rockstar. <laughs> I, I just... I'm, I'm over table the tennis. whole my life is a criminal table thing tennis. and oh my god, actually having to take a hammer to a person, what the fuck were you thinking? Anyway. Right. <laughs> Love you. Love you guys. Mean it. Table tennis sequel. Do that. Do that. Do that. Max paying four. He relaxed. Uh, <laughs> Colin, he relaxed. Dave, how about you, man? What do you think? What do? What do you? What's your vision of the critic? So, it's weird, right? Because I think that like, there, each person brings their own perspective and their own like what they value about a game. And there are some people who like review it on a like, does this game give me value? Like, 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 is the dollars to time spent and enjoyment value worth it? Is the $60 price tag worth the time that I spend into it? And I think that's mm-hmm. a valid perspective. I think that someone who is looking at that, I, like, it's not one that I think that I care as much about, but I think it's, it's a perspective that is valid that someone can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, someone who looks at uh, a game and says, like, looks at something like The Division and says, okay, look. It's a competently built shooter. The numbers go up. There are things that you do in it, quests that you can partake. The tech works fine. It looks nice. But it's morally bankrupt. And the entire game is just, like, from a conceptual standpoint, completely and fundamentally flawed. But you know what? It's a way to kill some time with friends. Mm. Like, I think, you know, looking at sort of, uh, like, does it achieve what it sets out to do, whether that's, like, with narrative or whatever. Because I think that, like, a game, like, like The Division, that is technically competent, but the story falters, I think, like, that... I would score that game lower, even though the game is, is fun to play. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the tricky thing with games than movies, is that the games... A game's story can be awful. It could just... Like, Destiny. I can't tell you a goddamn thing that happens in that game. First one, second one, the traveler, who cares? The, lady, you know, with goo, the lady with goo eyes wants you to help her get Yeah, she wants back. you to help her get stuff so you can get another sweet drop. But, like... <laughs> but the thing is, like... In the moment... 
I've never heard scorn. <laughs> never heard scorn physically embodied in the word sweet, sweet drop. drop. Like that. That was amazing. Sweet drop. But you know, if you're playing it, you're like, this story doesn't mean shit to me. But I really found value in the game and connection to the the gameplay. Yeah. Like. There are so many ways that I think that you can attack a video game review that you just can't with the movie. And I think that's what makes video game criticism a lot more difficult to do well. Because I think yeah. someone can make, write a review and go, is this game worth your time, yes or no? And like write a passable review. But for someone to say, like, to take a like the holistic approach, um, I don't know. Like, even sites that say that's what they do... I don't think they do particularly well. Like, I'm not yeah. going to name drop because yeah. I don't want to do that. But, like, again, it's just because it's hard. It's hard to, like, especially since so many years of games, uh, writing has been built from the roots of the tech industry, which is very much evaluating things as a product yeah. as opposed right. to a piece of art. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like there are multiple ways to value these voices but i feel like this this the aggregation of those voices yeah diminishes them a sense. bit like like I, it, it's it it's how you get people going like oh well you thought the story was bad you gave it a 50 cuz that's what your scale is you dragged the metacritic down it's like not that doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. Like, that doesn't matter. The people who I want to read my review will find my review and read it. They will connect with that and like my writing. But what began as like, oh, hey, what if we put all the reviews in one place? And yeah. then you realize each person is different. A 50 to someone is not a 50 to someone else. Mm. I mean, you're, you're, getting, and, you're getting to the heart of the fact that, like, we're having this conversation in a vacuum. You know, yeah, like yeah, we're, not, exactly. we're, we're having this conversation outside of the tangible reality of where publishing happens. Yeah. And, you know, this question is moot when you're at a certain type of publication yeah. and you're addressing a certain type of audience with a specific like the review is a product. So you're not you're not going. Just tell me how the graphics are. Hey, yeah. man. Bro, huh? how many guns are in it? And bro, <laughs> how cool are your just, guns? Just, just, I, I don't want to hear about if the female characters portrayed well or not. Just tell me how the graphics are. Bro, she got guns? If she got guns, how many guns? No. There's no. How many hours will I be able to play this game? If it's less than 50, no deal. Oh, mercy. But, like, yeah, you know, so, like, the, the like, thinking about the effect that Metacritic has on, on sort of compiling all these different approaches to criticism. What's the frame rate? Yeah. Hey, dog, how many P's are in it? What, <laughs> yo, what kind of P's has it got? Because if it's anything less than 4,000 P's! Uh, <laughs> it better be fucking 4,000 P's, dog! I, I, <laughs> I don't... I feel like... I, feel I like, really feel like we need to confess something at this point. <laughs> When when Anthony and I were at Joystick, <laughs> we oh this is we, yeah it's oh it's true we, we discovered much to our infinite surprise that no matter what the topic was about, if you put 1080p or not yeah. in the headline, just traffic for days. The post. Would do such traffic. Just Should we start like anything, anything, anything that had to like, do? Like, because we knew you suckers would go for it, and we read it. Yeah, it, you know, like because you wanted to be angry about the peas. Everybody's talking about like clickbait. Yeah, yeah, we fucking baited the hook constantly, yep. and you never stopped biting your fucking jabronis. Oh my you, god! Because you had to be angry, and you had to let everybody know that you could see all the peas. Oh, dog! I got my Xbox. I only want nine hundred peas. It's got nine hundred peas. That's exactly the amount of peas that I can have in my diet. I'm iron deficient. If I have too many peas, <laughs> yeah. But do you have Mario? Yeah. But... <laughs> oh. Oh god. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, I, I like uh, this stuff. I it. It's, I, I like to step back every now and again and think about why we do the things that we do. Um, you know, this, this, the whole point of this podcast is that 
you know, everybody who's listening to this, I think, already has a general interest in games. And you know a little bit about, you know what you like. And you know the things that you like to do to discover new things that you like. And the purpose of this podcast that we've always talked about between the three of us and the reason it is named Continue is we want to take the next step in that conversation. We want to say, well, let's talk about these things a little bit more. Let's get a little bit deeper into them. And let's think about them from angles you might not have seen. And that, to me, you know, uh, all three of us right now are not working as video game critics. But I consider this podcast an act of criticism. And I don't know. I like talking with you guys about why it is we do what we do for you wonderful people that make this happen. Uh, and speaking of, yeah, speaking of those wonderful people that make that this was happen. Good. That was good. Blah, 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 blah. I would drop like 180 extra peas just for that segue. And you know that I can only have 900 peas. That would take me up to 1080 peas for you, bro. <laughs> But that sweet oh, drop. That sweet God. drop. That sweet drop. <laughs> Gabe, <laughs> Gabe, who, who made this happen? What psychotic? Made this all of these, all of these patrons, patrons, Patreon. Are they called patrons. patrons? They're patrons. They're, okay. they're patrons. Patreons. They're all patronizing us. Yes. Well, <laughs> this is their sweet drop for backing us at patreoncom slash podcast. Here we go. Special shout out to Mirko Rico Torino, Ryan Brady, John, Nick Rugen, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Peter, Ryan Mance, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Chris Stubbs, Flunky, the best squirrel you know, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, Olmec, the Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Francisco Areas Gimareas, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen-Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fassi Sayan, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Babam Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damian Michalis. Thank you all from the yeah. bottom of, from the endless bottom of our sweet drops. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, if you are not a backer of this show yet, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I would like more of this, please. You can go to patreon.com slash continue podcast. Uh, our next stretch goal is $1,500 a month. And once we do that, we're going to upgrade all of our gear. So this show sounds like just so sweet. You'll think that Ira Glass is in your home right now telling you about I, life I on the high I misspelled Ira Plato. Ira Plato. I yeah. called him Ira Plato. I thought that was like that's... a... I thought that was like an allegorical reference. <laughs> no, it's it's the it's uh, Science Friday. It's it's the Plato's yeah. the cave allegory. Yeah, exa but, yeah exactly, exactly. But Science Friday's on the wall. So. Uh, if you want to go, even giving a dollar uh, means the world to us. Uh, if you give us five dollars, you get access to our Discord, where wonderful human beings are up at all hours of the night. Last night, I just felt like talking to some human beings, and Dave and I and, and some of our wonderful Discordies like Yakbot uh, and Kevin were hanging out, talking about Mission Impossible flicks, which is And just uh, hitting OT... Was it yeah, OT level 8? OT, OT level 8. Then you can fly. <laughs> it was just... It was awesome, and it's great, and... Uh, you can also follow us at twitter.com slash continue pod and twitch.tv slash continue pod. And I have a contest. Dave, Dave yeah. I was yeah. going to say, free So, game. yeah, uh, for leaving us a review on iTunes or um, if you tag us on Twitter, uh, at, like sharing our podcast, telling people about us, I pick up, I pick that up. I, I see the notifications. I see you on there. And, uh, and I, I, I put them on my little spreadsheet. I'm just saving them all now just because it's better to have a bigger pot than a smaller pot and I want to spread the wealth because I have a lot of keys so I'm gonna hit generate and the winner this week is number ba, 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 ba. they haven't won yet Mr. Christos you done won yourself uh, Yay! a free game for, for sharing us on Twitter so hit me up uh, either in the discord or where you know where to find me which we'll yeah. get to <laughs> 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Speaking of where people can find you, Dave, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at David Robots, and they can also find me. I started a Letterboxd profile. Nice. Right. Uh, it's uh, basically, I'm just going to start posting about movies I like and I'm watching, uh, just little blurbs and stuff. So if you want to follow that, it's uh, Letterboxd. There, it's not, it's, there's no E at the end because it's like a 28 internet thing. Letterboxd.com slash David Robots. You can follow me there. Nice. Susan, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. You can find me every week at Pocket Gamer. I'm going to give you a mobile recommendation for free. Tight. Uh, the original mobile games uh, is a collection of games featured in the video game history museum in New York. Uh, except that they're uh, you know the little tilty games where oh. you put where you put the ball in the yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pigs and clover and stuff. It's a collection of those that have been converted to video games. That's uh, so I, cool. I, what is that called? I'm gonna get that. The original uh, mobile games. Did did MoMA make that themselves? Did they like commission it? It's not it? MoMA. It's um. Oh, uh, museum of, of um. Uh, yeah, movie that image, museum movie, of movie yeah, movie. museum. Yes, that's so cool. I'm gonna download the hell out of it. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, oh, it looks like it's, it's free. free. Wow, it is. It's free. Cool, 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 man. That one of the greatest things. I used to live right around the corner from the museum of the moving image uh, when oh, I lived wow. in Queens, and I used to love going there. Uh, right when I moved to Queens. They had a huge exhibit on Jim Henson's entire career. Oh. And it was like everything, like his short films from college. Like, yeah. it was so. I went there like twice. It was fucking awesome. Oh, they had that at the. Uh, I think it was like a touring exhibit. They were That came to Seattle at the Pop Culture Museum. Nice. And, uh, and there was like a little thing with a bunch of Muppets and you could like put on a little show. Oh, that's so cool. I yeah. Made they, one a penny. The moment I realized that I, I think I had to be a dad was a man was walking around like a three-year-old in his arms and they pass by the original Rolf in a glass oh, case yeah. and he just goes kid that there's my man and I was like I want to do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody has any interest in following me you can follow me at a John Agnello on Twitter and you can find out all the things that I'm doing in the world there uh, and I'll get one little plug out really quick if you are a fan of watching things on Twitch, follow twitch.tv slash djrocks159. My mailman, Devin, who is the best mailman ever, is getting into streaming. He's been streaming Aww. Persona 5 and telling me all about his adventures streaming Persona. So, Devin, that one's for you, brother. That's um, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. He's, he's the best. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.